Hello. 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 Welcome to Under One Roof. Under One Roof. Under One Roof. Under One Roof. A podcast about multi-generational households living through the pandemic. We are anthropology students. We are anthropology students from Cal Poly Pomona. Over the past few years, we've interviewed people living together in households consisting of children, parents, and grandparents during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, now, under the leadership of our professor, our professor, Dr. Amy Dow, we want to share the stories we've uncovered. We want to share the stories, stories we've, we've uncovered. uncovered. I am Jessica. And I'm Robert. We will be your hosts for this segment. In today's episode, we'll be visiting two stories that focus on the perspectives of two family caregivers and their experiences with decision-making for their loved ones at the center of the lockdown period. In their stories, we dive into the dynamics of family hierarchies and the emotional struggles that tie them together. As you know, the COVID pandemic was one of the most difficult events that we have faced in recent years. Deeply personal events happened over the course of two years, taking away opportunities and loved ones, and leaving us with lessons that we may not understand now. Today, we want to focus on observing the different roles that were established within families during lockdown. Last fall, interviews with different members of multi-generational households were interviewed to get a scope of how their families were affected. Do you remember where you were or what you were doing when when they first announced COVID? Uh, yes, it was a very interesting. This is a very interesting question because I was um, working at a time in this community college. Uh, I was working as a I think is called desk help or something like that, kind of a receptionist uh, work. I was uh, in charge of the calls and also for uh, check-in and check-out students that was visiting the business uh, computer lab. And then I think it was raining that day. So we were like uh, making our shift of cleaning some of the rooms because the staff, like I was part of the staff uh, team, we were in charge of cleaning the tables, the computers and everything. So suddenly our supervisor say like oh you need to go and clean other other rooms because they say that we need to be more careful at this time and we need to clean all the computer labs me so we were like yeah. oh, okay we were very happy i was very happy with my team because i was very friendly with with all of them we made a friendship very very quick so we went and then i think two days later of of that call of our supervisor. Our supervisor say like, oh, I'm so sorry, but we need to close that computer line. So we were like, what are we going to do, right? It was like that feeling of what is going to happen. And then they explained to us like, oh, it's because a pandemic is starting. So we are going to move online. And now we are not going to work anymore with the business computer lab so there was all 
there were only workshops online and mm. it was very very hard because I was like oh my god what is going to happen with my new friends right or mm. like because I love I loved my 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 work my job in that computer lab I get too many like opportunities to interact with different people so I love that and when they I shut down everything I was like oh my god like why yeah. now <laughs> um yeah yeah but I think I did a very good job like um adapting myself to the online process but again was a little hard emotionally because of my relative who was living with us so and you Robert like how about you like where were you when the, the pandemic started mm, like Okay, I was I was in my second year, so second year, second semester of of college, so my sophomore year, um, and I was I was uh, I was heavily involved with my cultural club and stuff, and um, we were supposed to pr put on a production, and we were kind of like settling everything and whatnot. Um, and our external representative to other organizations at different colleges, he called a discussion item at one of the meetings and he sat us down and said, hey, I think, I think COVID is going to be a big thing. And I remember that COVID had kind of hit the news around like, I want to say like around December and stuff, but we, we didn't really think too much of it. And... I kind of just thought, oh, like, maybe it won't be too bad. And then we'll, everything will be back to normal and stuff. And, it, you know, like, as we all know, that that didn't really happen. Um, and stuff, after the second week, there was more emails. And then after the third week, and then after the fourth week, and then after that, we all knew that basically the rest of that semester and for the foreseeable foreseeable future that everything was going to be online um and I remember my mom calling because I, I I I live in the Bay Area or like my family lives in the Bay Area and she told me that like oh what do you plan on doing now that everything is going to be virtual and so I talked to my roommates and we were thinking oh we can just buy out of our our lease um so that we can start saving money and direct that towards our families um mm -hmm. and that's basically what happened i i bought out my lease and moved out everything in that june and stuff um but to be honest i think after the covid announcement that i did i actually did catch covid because um do you remember how there were like a list of um sorry, a list of, like, symptoms that, that came out, like, way later on. I was experiencing most of the, those, and I thought it was just, like, the regular flu. Like, I was bedridden. I, at one point, I had to, like, crawl to the bathroom because um, I, just, I just was not feeling well. Um, and I didn't have, like, a lot of taste in my taste buds. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, everybody had their own lives going on but in that one instance like everybody was kind of on the same page because 
you know, there, there is no choice but to be on the same page. And then after that, everything, like, a lot of people started panicking. Mm -hmm. You know, um, family hierarchies are, like, really interesting because of, like, mm -hmm. how they're organized. Like in a multi-generational household, there's always the role of a caregiver. And being a caregiver isn't for everyone because for some, they could be really good at it, while for others, it could cause significant struggle. There's like a lot of hardship when it comes to being a caregiver and they have to think more critically for the sake of watching out for like the people that they need to care for, the people that live in their household. And if you're just thrown into that, then it's kind of hard to adapt to that role quickly. Like, there's a lot of mental strain. There's like a lot of emotional struggle. Like, don't you agree, Jessica? Yes, of course. Um, well, I know emotional struggles are difficult at any age, but I think that our parents' generation or Generation X people are the ones that struggle the most because for one part, they are open to the possibility of getting mental or emotional help, but at the same time, it is very hard for them to talk about their feelings and their needs. Mm. I, I hear you. And I feel like it might be, I don't know, like, I don't... I feel like it might be a little hard to compare that though, because each generation goes to different struggles. Um, uh, as in terms of decision making though, I, I can see that. Like they usually are the ones who make the calls and decisions. And when acting as caregivers, they've had to make a lot of quick adjustments when the pandemic first started out. Like they had to think things like, where am I going to get my groceries? Or how am I going to get them? How is work going to look like? And What financial you know decisions do I have to have to make to take care of the people I'm living with, and you know all those different things. Um, so how how would you describe like your personal experiences during the pandemic, Jessica? Well, it was being hard and complicated. For example, it was hard because during the pandemic we made all full transitions to the online world, and some people were working and study online at the same time, which was very stressful. Um, regarding complications of handling our work and social stress, it was the emotional struggles too. In my case, the hardest one was the fact that one that one of my relatives with who I never had a bond before, was living with my family at the time. Um, there was much pressure mentally and emotionally at the same time, which made me develop social anxiety and dysfunctional depression. I didn't know it until December 22, sorry, of 2022, um, when I had my first anxiety attack, which was an awful experience and it scared me very much. At that time, I decided to look for professional help, and now I'm working with my counselor in different ways to cope with these emotional struggles. Okay, for the sake of privacy for this person, I'm going to call it Isadora. I remember being on my computer all day because after my classes, I needed to attend worship for my job or meeting with my supervisor. I was a part-time student and part-time employee. The emotional struggles came when I had class on meetings. I always told Isadora from what time to what time I was going to be at those meetings, but often I was interrupted because she would not respect my schedule time. There was a lot of mixing feelings because from one part I knew Isadora didn't do it 
like with bad intentions you know uh it didn't respect my time but it wasn't because she was a bad person or something like that but that action created a feeling of stress and anxiety because i knew that at any time she will like knock my my room's door or call my name aloud so i needed to finish fast my activities or or like prepare myself to press that new button uh, more faster than ever and then like fake it was an accident and say like oh it's everything fine just one mistake or technical issues or something like that well at the beginning of 2021 it's a lot of good COVID but fortunately um got over it after some weeks in the hospital However, after recovery, it was more difficult than ever to take care of her. It was because um, she started to forget things like the medicine, what had been eaten, drunk, or when. And, fin and finally, uh, she forgot her names. All the time for Isadora, all of us were my mom's in her mind, or my mom's name was the only name she remembered, or my mom was the only person she remembers uh, so to protect her my family and i i all the medicine food and drinks that she could not consume also my sisters my sisters and i very often watch her like 24 7 sometimes we didn't not sleep at all because we were watching the fridge and making sure she will not consume anything that could elevate, elevate her sugar level yeah, because that, that would end up being extremely dangerous considering that, you know, you're you're in a high-risk environment with a high-risk person. Um, but yeah, sorry, continue. No, yeah, you're right. Like, considering her age and her, um, her condition, like, was very, very hard. Mm -hmm. So my family and I could not continue taking care of her of Isadora because in the fall semester of 2021 my mm -hmm. sisters and I were coming back to school and it was going to be the first uh, in-person classes after the lockdown so it was going to be harder to take care of her also it was one of the most important semesters for me because I was going to retake a class in my community college and at the same time it was going to be my first semester as a transfer student at Cal Poly Pomona for this reason, in August 2021, my um, my family and I, we decided to let our other relatives to know that we could no longer take care of Isadora because of school and that they needed to help us because it was too much. Um, that must have been really difficult considering like you still care for this person, you know, and but you also know that you have to, like, school is something that you have to do um, and stuff. Like, it's very hard to, I guess I, I wouldn't, okay. Uh, it is hard to kind of ask for help. Um, so I, I completely understand um, that, that that must have been difficult to kind of have to ask family members to help out as well. Um, you know, you're coming into I guess you would say your your first um semi in person 
semester at Cal Poly Pomona. Um, and so there's this growing uncertainty of how things will play out because you don't know how the instruction is going to shift throughout the semester. So it, it probably was like a very hard call. Yeah, it definitely was a hard call. Uh, and of course, there were a lot of mixing feelings. Like, it was kind of like this pressure of like being like, we need to take care of ourselves too because we cannot handle anymore, you know, um, because it was mentally and physically like very, very hard. But also we were like worried about um, Isadora's health and what it what was going to be with her. So, right. yeah, it was hard. That's why I think that cons like choosing our emotional or mental health is one of the most hardest things that we can do in our lives. However, it is one of the most necessary and important ones too. Because if you are not okay, you cannot help it other people. Like if you don't take care of yourself, like or you don't if you don't help yourself, you cannot help others. Also, I That's think true. sorry. Also, I think that uh, the being our own caregiver should be a priority and being realistic over limitation, like physically or emotionally. If we are not like, if we feel that we are not strong enough physically or emotionally, uh, we should um, be realistic with it and also like knowing our limitations. I think it should be mm -hmm. like a priority to be or continue to be a caregiver for someone else. So like kind of being wise on which battles you fight and which ones that you kind of sit out on. Would, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I will agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now your story is... Wow. Um, it's really hard. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. Because um, during the pandemic, I, my family, um, we kind of rotated in between taking care of my grandmother who was high risk. I can't really imagine being a caregiver full time. Yeah, even though I passed through it, I can't imagine how other people handle it for more time and for and more complications than my family did. Because I know that there are other people that went through something similar. Uh, for example, from the 50 interviews that has been collected, half of it were collected during the fall semester of 2021. And 13 of them uh, declared that they had at least one member with a chronic condition or pre-existing condition. I think you have interviewed someone a while ago, right? Uh, can you share a little bit about it? So the person that I interviewed, and for anonymous reasons, we'll call them Sunny, they had trouble facing their own family hardship with hierarchies as well. So Sunny's parents are divorced, yeah. and they live with their mother, their grandmother, and grandfather. And during the pandemic, Sunny's mom, who was the primary caregiver for the grandmother and grandfather, had to face, I suppose, some sort of animosity from other family members when she was just being cautious for Sunny's grandfather and grandmother. Sunny described that they would wear masks indoors at the request of Sunny's mom, and she would often spray antibacterial spray every time someone sneezed or sniffled. So 
anytime the grandmother would sneeze, anytime the grandfather would sneeze, anytime they had visitors over, Sunny's mom would be on spraying antibacterial spray everywhere just to ensure that the air was clean. Sunny recalled that this annoyed the grandmother and the grandfather because Sunny's mom was very meticulous about cleaning. Sunny's mom would have to explain and oftentimes argue with the grandmother and grandfather because they would always question why she was being very obsessive about, you know, keeping things clean. When in reality, Sunny's mom is a bit of an unsung hero because she's trying her best to keep the family safe. Uh, when relatives would visit, Sunny's mom would go through great lengths to make sure everyone was disinfected and wearing their masks at all times. While this annoyed Sunny's relatives, Sunny, has, Sunny understood. But unfortunately, just because Sunny understood doesn't mean that the family did. When the vaccine came around, the family was, or Sunny's mother's side of the family was very okay with getting the vaccination. However, Sunny themselves, they recalled that their father, who does not live with them because of the separation, he told Sunny that they should not get the vaccine because he was very much against the vaccine. He would tell them about the conspiracies, about how it actually kills you, or that it was a government tracker, and that would clash with Sonny's mom's practices. So Sonny was always in between these two different power dynamics in their household because there wasn't a lot of agreement with how things were being handled. So it's, it's very interesting to see how power dynamics play out during the pandemic mm-hmm. because um, how much power does the caregiver hold how much power does the people being cared for hold as well um, and then for those who are separated in the pandemic did, um, how many differing opinions separated those being affected yeah, it definitely like sounds very interesting, but also it, it sounds like very, very hard, like related with emotional issues and also like maybe anxiety, like because like when you hide something from someone else, more, like more if that person is like per a uh, present person in your life, like as a father or mother or like your sibling, like that create a lot of anxiety. <laughs> and emotional struggles yeah Yeah, it does well everyone that has been it for today's episode thank you so much for listening and thank you you robert for being here with me and sharing uh sunny story Uh, thank you for hosting with me jesse
Under One Roof was created with financial support from Cal Poly Pomona and the National Science Foundation. Shout out to Story Center for production and storytelling guidance. You can find more information about this podcast and our findings at our webpage, underoneroof.buzzsprout.com. Under One Roof. Cal Poly Pomona.